Hey, Shipper City. Thanks for listening. Before we jump into the episode, do me a favor and consider tapping that support this podcast link in your favorite podcast player. Every little bit helps us stay on the air and keeps us creating the content that you love. Be sure to follow along on social. We are on Tumblr, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at iShipItPod. You can head over to the website, iShipItPod.com, to sign up for email updates when new episodes are released. And you can send us emails at iShipItPod at gmail.com. And remember to rate and review us on whatever platform you're listening to and tell your friends that you ship it. So take a second, do all of that while you enjoy a word from our sponsors. Thor ate a lot of Pop-Tarts in these fanfics. It is a hot garbage fire. Do you not know what sex pollen is? I mean, Phantom Seed. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't care. I ship it. I don't care. I hey there, geek girls, geek boys, and geeks beyond the binary. This is Emily J with the I Ship It podcast, your safe space on the internet for fan fiction, fandom, and all that stuff you've been pretending you're not reading on your phones. What up, everybody? I have a special guest today. Um, I only bring her on when I need to talk about the dads of the fandom world. (laughs) Because I know what she likes and I know what she's into. Last time she was here was over a year ago when we actually got to see each other and sit in each other's glorious presence in Cleveland, of all places. Anyway, who am I talking about but dad bod lover herself, Andra? Hi, friend. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? Indeed. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. So good. good. The world is on fire. My state is still actually burning, um, but it rained here the other day, so I don't have to evacuate. That's a relief. Definitely a relief. I've been keeping an eye on uh, the weather and the, you know, forecast out there with all of the forest fires and, you know, obviously a terrible situation happening out west um thoughts and prayers yeah thoughts and prayers i live in a uh horrible place when it comes to winter but by any other means we don't have to deal with any fires hurricanes earthquakes anything of the like you do however have a lot of trump supporters oh unfortunately is that happening today is that rally today uh, I think there was, honestly, like I've been trying to not pay attention to all the crazy local, uh-huh. national. We don't have to talk about this. Yeah, let's not, let's just gloss let's right over. Let's not talk about the, the T word and have it Ugh. infect our good time. We were, however, just talking about um, how nice it would have been to see each other instead of just being audio. Yeah. But I was like, Ange. You don't want to see me right now. I don't look good anymore. And I also agree. Pandemic <laughs> put a lot of like, you know, I used to get up in the morning and like really get myself put together. And now I'm like, oh, do I have to wear pants? Listen, it, has been, I- it has been a six month slide into like vivid cronehood for me. Back to like senior year of college, where I rolled out of bed and went to class in my sweats. Nothing mattered. Yes, and nothing mattered. Nothing mattered at all, and it was all fine. But like, I don't wear. You were like, I wear a foundation, and that's it. I was like, oh well, that's a gigantic amount of makeup more than I wear. And I wear nothing. (laughs) 
Yeah, I try not to scare my coworkers. We've been able to go back into the office. So, like, it's really been a struggle to get up in the morning and, like, myself together. And even then, I, ugh, it's just too much. I'd rather not. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really hard to get up in the morning. I'd rather not do that. I'd rather yeah, just, just not have to continue day after day. Right. I'd rather just lay in bed and read fanfic that M sends me. That's the only fanfic you read. It's the only fanfic I read. Calling as long you, as it's approved by you, I'll read it. I'm calling you out right now because, like, you are one of my favorite people to have on this show because you literally only have ever read the fic that I have sent you. True story. Which brings, it. Which brings <laughs> your total, like, fanfic consumption. And it's funny it's because... It's fine. It's four, four <laughs> fix ever. No, it could more. You used to send me stuff, but oh, we right. Should start that. I'm sorry. Yeah, let's let's get back to that. Yeah, uh, I used to send you stuff that I wrote. Yes, also true. <laughs> and then it would disappear into your inbox, and I'd never hear from you again. <laughs> oh, bad friend. Oh, <laughs> it's all right. I accept it. Do you accept it's it? It's fine. I- I love how you accept that you're a bad fanfic fanfic friend to me. You're like, I accept that I'm a bad friend to you. Do you accept that I'm a bad friend to you? <laughs> I just feel like at this point in our lives, it's really hard to find friends. I mean, so like, like, listen, I'm not kicking you off the roster. I feel like I, both of us have been shitty enough to each other in the last 15 years of our friendship that like, if that were an option, we would have opted out already. Um, mm-hmm. I'm still very much subscribed. I just think people should know <laughs> that, like, I have people on this show who are like, oh, I met you because of fan fiction and we're like fanfic besties and it's like wonderful and wonderful. You and I are not fanfic besties. You and I are besties who I coerce and twist your arm behind your back and frog march <laughs> you into the world of fandom on occasion. <laughs> yeah. No, you just, you know, you're like, hey. Let's do a podcast. I'm like, hey, send me some fic. And then it just so happens to be about dad bods because you know I've got a certain type. And, I mean, this is the thing. There's there's only a few. I just – here's the deal. Sometimes when I plan this podcast, I actually plan this podcast, and I have, like, a really strong theme in mind, and, like, I go and I look for fics that su- support it and, like, supporting links and all kinds of great stuff. This week – Everything is so awful in the entire world that I was like, I just really want to talk to Ange, but I also need to record a podcast. So (laughs) what can I talk to Ange about that she'll be into that we can do it on the podcast? (laughs) I was like, I know. (laughs) Paul Rudd. (laughs) Paul Rudd. (laughs) So... If you guys were wondering if this was going to be some deep dive on the color of friendship and how, you know, a a tapestry of our time together, it is not. We are talking about Paul Rudd. And I love that we're talking about him because he is so on topic as of late anyways. Is he? He Tell me about it, man. He just had his 50th birthday. The man doesn't age. Wait, I'm sorry. This is not even an exaggeration. He just had his 50th birthday? Yes. It was sometime last week. I'm not 
I'm a horrible person. I don't know when his birthday was, but yes, I'm sure he'll never <laughs> forgive you for missing that. Within the last week, but, he turned 50. Jesus. And then he also kind of went viral with that little video of like being a millennial. Oh, certified. Was, yes. Paul Rudd, the certified young person. Yes. Yes. I feel like we're just right on topic because Paul Rudd's great. Duh. I just can't get enough of him in my life. And I also kind of watched This Is 40 over the weekend, just solidifying my love for him. It's great. It's fine. Um, I have never seen This Is 40. I'm not really a huge Judd Apatow fan. Yeah, if you don't like Judd Apatow, don't watch it because like half his family is in it. <laughs> but yeah, you, I'm probably good. If Paul Rudd outweighs the Jet Apatow, then meh, go for it. You might like it. But like if I really want to just like if I need an injection of Paul Rudd and take that however you choose, um, <laughs> I can just watch the films that we're actually going to talk about. Also true. Which is Ant-Man. Um, and if I watch Ant-Man, uh, I also get to see a little cameo of my boy Sam Wilson in the first one. And then everything that's just wonderful and great about the second one. So, like, I don't need to worry about, oh, I think I hate Jed Apatow. It doesn't matter. <laughs> because it has nothing to do with the Ant-Man movies. Yeah. You can just stick with uh, Ant-Man. Stick with Marvel. Yeah. Hey, you before know? we get into before we get into the dad bod, which it's not even fair that we're including him. Because he doesn't have a dad bod. But anyway, that's beside the point. That's for like a David Harbour episode. Which, don't worry. As if there's another human being. I can hear your tension that I might not call you back for a, for a David Harbour episode. As if there's any other human in the world who thirsts after that man the way that you do. Thank you. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about him next. But we'll focus on Paul today. Right. But before we focus on Paul and his non-dad bod... Um, did you get a chance to watch the WandaVision trailer? So I saw that you posted it. I did not actually the whole trailer. I just saw the little clip that you teased. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm into it, though. I mean, I think that that would be really enjoyable to watch. I'm really upset with Disney for putting my favorite character into a show that I had no interest in seeing and then making it <laughs> so interesting. I didn't yeah. care about WandaVision at all. It was like, the, it was so far down on my list of priorities of like, I'm not going to fucking watch that shit. Like, sorry, Wanda, you deserve better. I know they're not going to give it to you, so I'm not going to watch this. And then it was like, Darcy Lewis returns to the MCU in WandaVision. And I was like, what the fuck? You so fucking mouse. You knew <laughs> fucking conniving little rodent that you are with your stupid gloves and your big ears. You knew the only way I would watch it. So totally <clears throat> their sole purpose of making that was literally just for you to watch it and then podcast about it. <laughs> it's such it's such an amazing reach. I mean, my subscribers number well into the teens. Thanks. Um, <laughs> so, so anyway, the trailer itself, actually, it just looks um, it looks like kind of. I, I, it's I, I thought it was kind of unsettling, like how um, because it it shows her in her like little fantasy world that she created, and kind of what happens when it starts breaking down, 
which I think goes along with the comics. I don't know. We're not really comic people, you and I, Ange. Far from the comics themselves and just kind of follow along with the movies. But Just kind of and you and me, Ange. Whatever's <laughs> the most easily accessible. Always. Pretty much what we're doing. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah. So, anyway, I thought it was kind of disturbing. What I found even more disturbing, like in a good way and like in a creepy way. But what I found mm-hmm. more disturbing um, was the fact that my girl, Darcy Lewis, is not in that trailer at all. Mm. Um, and like somebody on Twitter, thank God, posted a like a did a I, they must have done like a second by second because they found her in the back, back, background between two people blurry like not in focus backlit barely can tell that it's her everyone's like oh i spotted darcy and i was like for fuck's sake if she turns out to be like agent number five Mm. and is like barely in this fucking show i'm going to flip a table do you want me to like first and then just let you know no no as if and i can't wait that long are you kidding me I'm probably going to take time off of work to watch it. Oh, well, I don't have that much time. (laughs) She's she claims with her part time, not yet allowed to come back full time job. Your host does. She's like, I'm going to take time off of my part time job to watch this (laughs) bullshit. Just to be angry about it. If it's worth it, you can totally let me know. I mean, I mean, you would let me know. I would. Now I'm putting it. I'm going to make you watch it anyway. So there's that. Also true. <laughs> also, You don't get to be this close to me. Wait, say is that again? Right on Disney? Yeah, it's a Disney Plus thing. Um, of course, because they I don't everything now. <laughs> well, yeah, that's why they did this. <laughs> Jesus. True story. Um, no, I don't think, I think they're probably going to do, I hope not. I hope they, I hope they just drop it all at once. I don't want to have to wait week after week after week. I want to binge. I want a six-hour WandaVision movie. That's what I want. Um, Yeah, I'm trying to, like, comfort myself with the fact that Kat Dennings um, herself was like, when I got the script, I thought, like, oh, this is awesome. And I think anybody who loves Darcy will be delighted. And I was like... All right, Kat, I, I trust you. Mm-hmm. We've been to get, we've been through a lot together. Um, I trust you, but also then a friend of mine brought this up. She was like, okay, but like the bar is set embarrassingly low. Like <laughs> what if she knows we're all so thirsty that it's like, well, you'd be delighted to see even a glimpse of her again. Right. Like passing through. to be able to spot her in the back of a scene and hear somebody refer to her by name that would be a delight at this point and i'm like oh fuck i didn't even think about that like is the bar set that low probably yeah Mm, maybe (laughs) it might be that low i mean we did we did suffer through endgame yes oh god yes (sighs) still crying about that uh but Maybe we will be completely surprised and it will be as delightful as she says it is. And there will be a ton of her in 
series. Oh my god! Maybe even just like one whole episode of her. <laughs> That'd be great. I'd settle for that. Like just, just one up. Just one entire episode. Everyone's like, "Isn't this a show about Wanda?" And no. it's just Darcy going through her day. I, you never know. Look, I would watch six hours of that. That's what I'm saying. They could have given me a Dar. Yeah. Imagine. Can you even imagine they'd given me a Darcy series? Holy fuck. That was uh, never going to happen. That was never in the cards. Again, you never know. Some might be sparked by some type of inspiration. Angela. Next thing you know, 2021, we are blessed with a Darcy series. Angela, I love you infinitely. Your hope <laughs> is adorable. Your optimism is adorable. I, however, am a professional Marvel disappointee. <laughs> okay, I have been disappointed by Marvel for nigh a decade now. Yeah. Okay, I know these fuckers. <laughs> I know how they think. I know how they work. And it is not in any way that supports me and my fandom. So. Very true. It's fine. They don't read my fanfic. Well, it's fine. Neither do you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just send me the links. <laughs> but I will say optimistic. Fuck you. I have to send you the links. Send it to me again. <laughs> oh. oh my God. Yeah. What do Angela and Louis, Louis Desposito have in common? They don't read my fanfic. <laughs> oh. oh. All right. Let's talk about. Uh, let's talk about. Let's talk about the main event. Let's talk about um, why do you love Ant Man, Angela? I okay. First of all, I like in general. Like I stated earlier, watched This Is Forty over the weekend, which he probably made like right around the age of forty. Um, so I'm I just like Paul Rudd. Um, you know, he's one of those down to earth kind of actors. You feel like you could relate to him. You could like sit next to him at the bar, have a drink, hit on him, <laughs> maybe hit on you. Chances are good, but uh, and specifically, I love his character because he's just so quirky. Yeah, and like he does things that are like, oh, it's so awkward, and I can totally relate to that. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it's just a great storyline. Also, both Ant Man and Ant Man and Wasp. Um, love both of them. Love the characters. Uh, love the posse that he's with when he gets out of jail the wombats for a little bit of white collar-ish crime um and the thing is like he's just trying to kind of stick it to the man when he commits his first major felony so it's like all right that's endearing like yes it's a crime it's a white collar crime but like he was doing it for the good of the people so I, I mean, think, it's, I, a, it's, I think you're using that word incorrectly, though, because it's a Robin Hood crime. A white collar crime would be like if he was stealing for himself. Yes, true. It is a Robin Hood crime where he steals from the rich to give poor. Yes. So, yes, that's right. Um, so, I don't know. I just, I think it's enduring. And I just love some of his one-liners in the movies. You know, it's oh, just <laughs> good comedic timing, always. Um. I was a little, I was like wary, I guess, when I heard that Paul Rudd was joining the MCU because I was like, is there 
honestly, this was my thought. Is there a character funny enough for Paul Rudd to play? <laughs> because, like, everything was kind of, like, taking a serious turn. I was like, well, they're going to be, like, mad at each other in Civil War. And, like, well, mm-hmm. I mean, he can't be in Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy, because that already came out. And that was, like, the funny one. So is he just going to be like, <gasps> am I going to have to watch him emote? Right? I don't want that. Like, no offense. I don't. I, I want to see him be, you know, flex the comedic muscles because those are the funniest ones. Um, <clears throat> but when I saw Ant-Man, yeah, I I love so much about those movies. They were such a surprising delight. I was kind of not expecting to in- really enjoy them all that much. It was just like, oh, I'm watching this because it's the, okay, whatever. It's the glue. Part of the universe. Yeah. You need to do it. Right. Um. I will admit the first time that I watched Ant-Man, I was drinking. Might have been a little tipsy. I fell asleep before it was over. Yeah. But I rewatched it like the next day when I wasn't tipsy. And oh, it was just so delightful. It was so enjoyable. Um, favorite parts are when he's interacting with his daughter Cassie. Oh uh, Cassie. Love that she, um is just always trying to do right by her without even like realizing that he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also just the the coolest scene. Oh my god! I wish that I had like a babysitter like him because when he was on house arrest in the second one, uh, <laughs> and just like the whole uh, they were shrunk down but not really. They were pretending. Uh-huh. Uh, the shoot down the stairs and then outside. Oh my god! That just looked so much fun. I just. <laughs> Paul Rudd, if uh, you want to be a babysitter and, like, kind of set up that whole thing, totally looks awesome. Still, I'm 33. Like, it just looked fun. It did look fun. Um, My favorite parts of both, well, I mean, my favorite parts of the entire Ant-Man franchise is Luis. Okay. Yes. I wish they would give him a last name because it's difficult to write about him without a last name. And I don't want to just pick one because that's not fair. Um, but so Luis is uh, one of the, I have to say, I think Luis might be one of the best things that Marvel has ever done. Um, mm-hmm. And Michael Pena is so fucking funny in that role. So perfect. So it. wonderful. Like, it's just every time spot on both, you know, original and sequel, whenever he has to go through a storytelling, it just cracks me up. It's yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's just <laughs> not. <laughs> It's just like, it's one of the, it's like a running gag that doesn't get old. Exactly. Normally it's like, okay, you can get like one of these per movie. I could watch an entire film of him. There was like some rumor going around that he was going to recap the whole of the MCU before Endgame. Oh, and that would have been I so funny. wanted that more than anything I've ever wanted in my life. And of course, again, remember what I said, a, a professional Marvel disappointee. Uh, I was mm-hmm. disappointed yet again. Um, and the mouse disappoints and uh, mm-hmm. didn't happen. Um, I mean, I get people were like, well, how could they have, you know, they would have had to reshoot so many things to like have those actors, you know, uh, mouth along like his lines or whatever. I was like, you know what? Yeah. You fuckers knew this was coming to a conclusion. You had 10 years. All right. You had five since Ant-Man came out. So I don't want to hear it that they didn't have time 
zero, zero fucks. It really would have been iconic if they did come up with something like that. Oh, my God. It could have been like a half hour or whatever. They could have charged admission. Mm-hmm. Like, I would have paid for it. I would have absolutely paid for it. Not Maybe not a full price movie, but like I would have streamed it for a couple bucks. Exactly. Like five bucks. I'd stream it for sure. <sighs> Listen. Why aren't we in charge of that entire studio? We're so smart. We're so smart. So anyway, Louise, Louise is my favorite part. Sorry, it's so hard because we're like not. I was just going to say, if if Michael wants to, you know, talk about it with uh, the team over at Marvel and uh, maybe do it. You got supporters. (laughs) Or like, just like call us. That's fine. We'll just, we'll film it on our phones. Um it will be super low quality, low budget. Listen, I don't want to brag, but I've gotten really good at making shitty movies uh, that are like 45 seconds or less on my phone um, with my Pop Funkos. So, uh, when you do your little teasers for the podcast with the <laughs> Pop Funkos, by the way, kudos. They're so great. Can't I, wait to see this one. I, I don't know what's going to happen with this one. Um, yeah, I. Uh, I don't have an Ant Man, so we're gonna we're gonna get real creative. Um, but uh, yeah, no. Last week, as I was affixing a twist tie to Cap's arm so that it could he could hold a pen to write a love letter to Bucky, I did step mm-hmm. out of my body for a second. Was like, remember when you have a that you have like a you know degree, <laughs> Emily? Remember when you used to like have actual goals and ambitions? Remember you thought you were going to be a published author someday? <laughs> you know what? This is where we are. Listen. We're just, we're just taking a sidetrack for a moment. The last, the last six months have been really hard on me, okay? Mm-hmm. And right now I just need to play with my dolls. So. Says every 30-plus-year-old woman. <laughs> I was going to say. To, I'll agree with you. <laughs> To all the goals I've had before, you guys can just take a fucking nap, okay? They can take a back. And we're going to just play with the dolls for a while. So, anyway, my favorite thing about the Ant-Man movies, obviously, is Louise. Um, second, I will say, is the uh, the love between Cassie and Scott and also mm-hmm. Maggie and Paxton. All right. All four of them. They're like little Mm -hmm. family unit that we see them being in the sequel. How they like co-parent all three of them, like co-parent the hell out of that kid. And like she's just like so loved and they love each other and they all can't wait for him to get off of house arrest so that they can like celebrate and they like give him hugs and stuff. Listen, it's a child of a broken home. That is the fucking dream. To have your parents still be like besties and, Mm -hmm. you know, stepdad being like super loving and supportive and like just like all over the place with like, what do you need, man? Anything I do to help you out? Like just, oh my God, I love it so much. It's so healthy. It's such a healthy dynamic. And I feel like no, not a not no movies, but not enough movies really, um, really honor that and like kind of celebrate how great that is when couples that aren't together anymore can still work it out for their kids. And, you know, they do such a good job at that where 
other movies that you see try to kind of pit the parents against one another yes. and everything's just drama and awful, but it is very cute how they end. Um, one of my favorite scenes is when Scott is uh, tied up and his phone just doesn't stop ringing. And it ends up being Cassie calling to find out where I think it was her soccer shoes were. Uh-huh. Uh, so cute. And he's just like, uh, sorry, I can't get up and look for them right now. Yeah. But he's like, is it easy? He's, he's either kidnapped or he's arrested. I can't remember which one it is. I think he's like kidnapped. He's kidnapped. Yeah. And he's being held hostage. And he's like, I'm sorry, it's an emergency. And she's like, Daddy, where are my soccer shoes? And then his, then her mom gets on the phone. She's like, I'm just going to come over. I know they're over there. And he's like, no, 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 don't come over. Like, please don't. And it's great because it's also FaceTime, too. Yes. So, like, yeah. it just makes it all the more realistic of, like, uh-huh. what parents go through. It's so cute. I just, I love all of the little family dynamics. So, like, the found family of the Wombats and um, the, you know, his his ex and her husband and Cassie and just, like, all that just fucking sweetness. Um And big surprise to both of us. I think I can speak for both of us. How much we loved Evangeline Lilly in this. Yes. Huge surprise. Like, so much more than I, we loved her as Kate. Yeah. My my bar was set really low with her character. I wasn't sure what to expect because I just did not like her as Kate in Lost. It was not, I don't know. No. It, it was just hard to like watch her on the screen in Lost. But then seeing her as Hope and Ant-Man, I was like, oh, all right, Evangeline Lilly, I see you. Like, you are this, you know, badass woman, and you are, like, kind of this double agent going on, like, helping your dad, but then also, like, you know, trying to get the trust of, um, blanking on his name. Uh, Cross? Yes, Darren thank you. Cross? Um, you know, it was just, she was a cool character. She was a really cool character. Uh, obviously had, like, daddy issues. Hi. But, <laughs> um, yeah, it was just, like, the way that she talked about her daddy issues made it, like, I don't know, just more, like, relatable. Like, oh, okay, I can understand, like, why you feel this sense of abandonment because of X, Y, and Z. And then uh, we find out why um, her father, like, did leave you know, at the end of Ant-Man 1, revealing that it was because he was looking for his wife the whole time. She had no idea. And he had to see that relationship. That's cool, too. Um, but she's just, like, she's just a badass, like, you know, in the boardroom. And then also uh, super, super smart. Um, yeah, I love how competent she is. Like, mm-hmm. it's, and it wasn't, I didn't feel like she was, like, the... The stereotypical, like, I'll, you you can't see these, obviously, but, like, the air quotes with the capital letters, like, the strong female character. Like, she mm-hmm. wasn't Mary Sue-like because she honestly wasn't all that likable. Because by the time she was introduced, you were already rooting for Scott. So right. the fact that she didn't want him to be there and she didn't, like, you were they were kind of pitted against each other. Um, so it was like she wasn't set up for you to be like, oh, yeah, I'm totally on her side, like, right away. Um but yeah, I mean, she she really grew on me as a character. And yeah, the fact that she had all of these daddy issues and all these trust issues with her father and all this baggage that she put aside because it was the mm-hmm. right thing to do. 
And it wasn't like, I mean, she, you know, didn't, obviously she didn't have to tell him what Cross was working on and tell him what was going on. Um, but yeah, she did the right thing because it was the right thing, not because she thought it was going to lead to some reunion that she didn't want with her dad. Right. She wasn't trying to like fulfill her ego yeah. by any means. Yeah. Knew she had to do the right thing. Yeah. Which was save the world once again. Um, I won't lie. I cried so hard when uh, she was reunited with her mom in Ant-Man 2. Who's surprised? Literally no one who knows me. Um, no surprise whatsoever. But not, um, not when Janet... When Janet came back and was holding her face, called her jelly bean. Sorry. Cause of death. Cause of death is Janet Van Dyne reuniting with her daughter after 30 years apart. Yeah. Okay. You know what? Now that we're talking about Janet Van Dyne, let's go back to Paul Rudd and how seamlessly, perfectly, wonderfully he played michelle pfeiffer inhabiting his body i was just gonna touch on that because oh my god that was just so funny like you know he's again that quirky funny actor and then seeing him try to portray michelle pfeiffer's character through his body it was just like the facial expressions were on point everything softened it was like so subtle i was like wow paul rudd like wow (laughs) And then when he's finished with all of it and like she, you know, leaves his body, he just kind of is like, how do we get over here? And he's still holding hands with Hank. Yeah. Just so <laughs> So good. Great job, Paul. Oh, Kudos. so good. Um, so since we're talking about hope, I think it's funny that you and I were like, let's do an Ant-Man episode. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll find us fixed. Now, Ant-Man is not a huge a huge um i want to say genre that's not the word i'm looking for a huge um fandom by itself unfortunately Mm -hmm. scott is not a huge character that people write a lot of fic about like just the ant-man franchise they totally should (laughs) but here's the thing though this is this is an interesting little perspective because yes of course i would love to read more scott fics but at the same time the ant-man films are some of the best that the MCU has produced, they actually don't mm-hmm. leave a lot wanting. And I think that I think that like kind of the essence of fanfic, this is this is now I'm de- realizing there's a theme happening here. You kind of have to be disappointed in fandom a little bit in like in what you've been given as far as canon goes in order to go to your word process and be like, I need to fix this. <laughs> I need to write more because I, I was not satisfied. Yeah, I was disappointed. I was not given what I was what I needed to be fulfilled. And I always mm-hmm. feel very, very satisfied when I watch the Ant-Man movies. And the fact that Scott is the one who saved the goddamn universe and people <gasps> act like it was Tony fucking Stark who saved the universe. I was like, excuse me. Excuse me. It was Scott. It was definitely Scott. Scott came out of the quantum realm, realized he had lost five years with his family, and immediately, immediately went to New York and looked up his best friend, Captain America, and was like, let's fix the universe. 
He could have spent all of that. He could have just been like, fuck everybody else. I'm going to be with Cassie because I missed all of this time with her. Mm-hmm. And he didn't. He didn't do that. Mm-hmm. He <gasps> saved the Stella. damn universe. It was his idea. The best. <sighs> I just love, yeah. I just love his character. Again, always doing right by everyone, but especially by his daughter, Cassie. Yes. You know, he didn't have to make that decision. It was uh, very selfless in the decision he made, but worked out for the better of the whole universe. So, I mean, he, okay. I will not turn this into an anti-Tony rant. I will not do that. Um, but the fact that he was treated like the butt of a fucking joke almost the entire time, as soon as Tony came on the screen, I'm not cool with. Uh, so if I were to write Ant-Manfic, it would literally just be a rewrite of Endgame, wherein everybody treats Scott with the respect that he deserves. I would like that one. <laughs> I think, that that I think really it's cute. You, you almost but, said that I would read that, and I know that you wouldn't. So. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's the cutest sound that you make. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even do it right. Um, okay, so before, yeah, so I think anyway, I was gonna say, there's not a lot of Ant Man solo fix out there. Usually, he's like a side character in a, you know, a general, not a general fic, but like a you know a, a different Marvel fic. I've used him plenty as like a supporting cast. I have never written an Ant Man fic, but like I said, I did. I don't feel the need because I'm so pleased with the canon thus far. So, I don't know if that's good or bad. You can decide. But, um, um, but so when I went looking for fix this week, I was like, Okay, what can we what can we look for? And so I think it's funny that I ended up sending you two fix that were actually hope centric. Yeah, it was um, kind of really cute. I wasn't expecting to see her be like the lead in everything mm-hmm. in these fix, um, but I really liked them. I just. I don't know. I'll let you like kind of go into each of them. We can dissect them, but <laughs> yeah, I just, I liked her. She was, I don't know. She was a cool character to like know a little bit more. And Scott, he was there. Like, thank you for, you know, being kind of one of those supporting characters in this, but your it was definitely, <laughs> yeah, <your own> fix. <laughs> sorry. Um, but it was definitely more focused on hope and, uh, you know, just kind of her perspective with, being uh friends and and more so yeah i mean i think it's it was cute i was like i realized after i was reading them i was like oh i should probably maybe i should go look and see if there's actually like a scott centric one but i like (laughs) oops um i like kind of exploring one character through the gaze of another so mm-hmm. I actually feel like the one fic especially is um, is quite Scott-centric. Scott, Scott oh, there we go. Scott-centric um, just because it's her, it's Hope, it's from Hope's point of view, and it's her kind of dissecting and understanding her feelings for him and how they're changing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But the first one I sent you, I thought was the cutest thing in shoes. Um, it's called Sometimes It Can Weigh a Ton by Calico Kitten, which is already a, an adorable pen name. Um, it, <laughs> we love Calico Kittens. I love all kittens, but Calicos are super cute. As my as my two black cats and my one tuxedo look at me like, you traitorous bitch. <laughs> You've never had a calico kitten in your fucking life. But sure, yeah, you love them. Okay. Because <laughs> you knew cuddles, that's all. Oh, cuddles. Um, no, real quick, we're going to pour one out for cuddles. Andrew used to have this cat. She's now a child of God. She's gone to the, the, bed, the better place. Um, that was me in cat form. Totally Emily in cat form. So she, I don't think I've ever met. Like when they say spirit animal, <laughs> Cuddles literally was Emily's spirit animal. Listen, Cuddles and I were two soul, like one soul inhabiting two bodies. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, so her name was Cuddles, which obviously if I were a cat, that would be my name as well. She had very short, stubby legs. So short. But she wasn't like a dwarf. I don't know. That no, was weird. Yeah, she wasn't like, so like there was, she was not like any sort of like toy or munchkin cat. She just had very short stubby legs, which I also possess and was like very fluffy, which is a nice way of saying she was chubby mm-hmm. and just like the cuddliest, sweetest thing in the entire world. And I feel kind of bad for Ange because I would like attack Ange with cuddles in the, in the hall when we would go to school together and like, she'd be talking to people. If she was sitting down, I would come in from whatever cold area I was in and like, just like climb onto her lap and snuggle under her chin. Literally uh, happened more times. <laughs> and she just kept, she just kept talking. Like I was some like three-year-old that she was tasked with caring for. <laughs> She was so unfazed. But then, like, Ange would go home for the weekend and Cuddles would do the same thing. Now, Cuddles was an eight-pound cat, so, like, slightly different. <laughs> but Yeah, but, no, she had zero boundaries like Emily, so it was fine. I was already... <laughs> it's true. So, you know, it was great. It's true. Yeah, no, Cuddles did have no boundaries, which is also the case, which is why I think that's, I think that's why you were so... You adapted to my level of friendship so quickly. I didn't you were, really like, have a choice, but... <laughs> It's true. It's true. You didn't have a choice. Um, if anybody out there is under the impression that I'm like a, a kind, gentle soul to uh, to become friends with, you are incorrect. Uh, if if we're friends, it's likely because I told you that we are. Very true. So. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. She's totally on board to be your friend, though, for life. <laughs> you, you were given zero options. Um your options and hey we've made it this far you know <laughs> i feel like if i haven't bailed on our friendship or you haven't bailed we're not going anywhere so keeping in mind this is who i think wrote this fic all right cuddles so i think cuddles oh. wrote this um from the beyond she blessed us with this adorable fic so it's called sometimes it can weigh a ton by calico kitten and it is a fic about um hope ending up accidentally babysitting Cassie for like an hour. Um, She does not, Hope is not good with kids. I thought this was a very human, very understandable and relatable thing for the author to decide, which I I was like, yep, that's very in character. Um, But so Hope stops over at Scott's for something like kind of out of the blue and Scott's freaking out. And he's like, oh good, I'm glad you're here. Uh, Cassie's sick. 
and uh, Maggie's never let me have her overnight before and I have to go get her some soup or whatever. And she, he's like, just stay with her for like a little bit. It'll be like five minutes or maybe an hour. And then he just runs out the door. Um, and so it's a, it's a very short fic. It's only like 3000 words, I think, um, maybe less, but it's about hope and Cassie kind of bonding a little bit mm-hmm. and Cassie. Yeah, definitely, oh, I was just going to say they're definitely like kind of learning of each other a little bit and like finding, I don't know, a little friendship in there. So Yeah. And, and hope is kind of, you know, very charmed by the fact that Cassie knows who she is, um, which, you know, kind of alludes to the fact that, that Scott has told her, told Cassie about her. Um, so, you know, that they're at least friends that he would, you know, tell her that much. Um, so it's just, it's a very cute. And then it's like, it's just so cute. But like Cassie asks Hope if she can teach her how to punch. Mm-hmm. Which is the cutest thing in the entire world. <laughs> Otherwise. And she, and she does. And she picks it up really quickly. <laughs> so quick. So it's it's just super cute. Both of these fics are just very light and fluffy. Um, we've had a rough couple couple weeks, so I wanted something very very nice and soft for for us both to read. Um, didn't want anything angsty angsty this week. Couldn't deal with it. <laughs> no, this is literally exactly what I was hoping to. Read. Lighthearted, fun, um, diving into the character a little bit more to see. I can, as Emily was saying, you know, very relatable that um, Hope is not good with kids. Like, you could totally see that um, kind of portrayed in the movies. Like, she didn't really have any Cassie, but you could tell that she would probably be uncomfortable as, you know, a babysitter. Um, But I think she would also be a good mom, you know, picking it up and... um, so it was just cool to see this kind of side of her. Yeah. Um, and, and this is a nice thing about fic is that it gives you the moments that you don't get to see in the movies. Like they're never, they were never going to spend time developing a relationship between Hope and Cassie. There just wasn't time with the, with the storyline is, you know, even in the second one, like just, they had too much to do. So even though nobody, I feel like nobody's really disappointed in what we've been given as far as Ant-Man canon goes, it is nice when the fic gives us these little extra moments. So these are like the, these are the nice, the nice fandoms where it's really more of a love letter. Yeah. As opposed to like an angry per my last email, which is what I write yeah. in the Captain America fandom. Right, right. So. This, is, this is very cute. So yeah, this is a little this is a little love note in a locker. It's adorable. Yeah. So one of uh, my favorite things is when um, Scott was actually asking Hope about soup. <laughs> uh, he was asking her because Cassie doesn't soup. Mm-hmm. New. Uh, I feel like that's one of those staple foods that most kids would eat. But he <laughs> asks Hope as he's like trying to, you know, get out the door to go to the store and you know get her soup so that he can feed her and she yeah. can hopefully feel. Better. He's like um, asking her, is it minestrone? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it was minestrone. Okay. Um, he's, you know, thinking of cooking that for her instead. And he's like, does that have the same effect? And she's like, yeah, that'll do fine. Uh, it's more the hydration and the heat anyway. Like, 
Yeah. And he just is so relieved to know that mm-hmm. it'll be okay if he cooks her something other than. I just thought that was cute. It was. It was so cute. It was such a good little moment of like, oh, what a good dad he is. He's yeah. such a good dad. Tries so hard. Um, yeah. And it was it was just adorable. And the fact that like he was freaking out like she was, you know, feverish and she, you know, she was so sick and she was on the couch or whatever. And Hope came in and she's like, teach me how to punch. And she's, yeah. like, she's like, I just like, have a little cold. It's not that big of a deal. It's a sniffle. <laughs> yeah. That is way out of proportion. Yeah. From okay. Yeah, it was so cute. I loved it. Um, so that is called, again, it is called Sometimes It Can Weigh a Ton by Calico Kitten. Um, okay, the last one that we read was called Good Summer by Gnimish. I'm gonna say yeah, we'll go with that. I'm gonna say the G is silent, so I'm gonna say it's Nimish. Nimish? Nimish. Nimish? All right. Sure. Okay. That's what we're saying it is. Uh, apologies, as as always, if I've butchered your username, I'm so sorry, because this fic was delightful. Um, this was really good. Yeah. So slightly more adult than, than the first. Um, this was, again, this was told through Hope's point of view, and it's the summer after Ant-Man, the first, before Civil War. So... Yes. So the diff, you know, the the times between when we see Scott in the MCU, this is when this takes place. Again, this is another cool thing that that Fick can do, which is fill in the gaps and kind of provide a little bit of backstory because there's a line that Hope has in Ant Man and the Wasp, which is, um, she says, you know, you could have told me that you were going to Germany, and he was like, yeah, but I didn't want to, you know, put you in danger get you in trouble or whatever and she was like i'm just saying you know we were working together and training together and other stuffing together (laughs) which can lead you to assume one can assume this fit kind of explores that a little bit it's not it's a t rating i think i don't think i gave you any i don't think i give you any porn no no this wasn't like super smutty by any means no this was just yeah it's a t rating but um there's (laughs) i just i you read so few fix. I don't want to just send you all the porn that I consume on a daily basis. I, I have some shame. <laughs> well, I'm glad that this was not, this was good. It was very well written. Um, yeah. I liked exploring their relationship and what happened during that summer because you do hear an ant or ant man and wasp, you know, that little, they had something going on that was more than just working together. Right. So it, it's cool to explore that. And, um, and boy, did we explore it here. We did. Um, and it was, yeah, it was very well done, very tasteful. And it was, um, like I said, it's a very nice, actually more of a character study on Scott than it is on mm-hmm. Hope because you get to see Scott through Hope's eyes. So it does a nice job of kind of playing with both characters. Um, and, and it, you know, it does the classic thing that we love in fanfic where she's telling herself over and over again that she's not falling in love with him. Mm-hmm. And of course she is. She's so in Duh. love with him. The italicized O is there, my friend. Yeah. Um, you know, we all know, we all know what's going on. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it was a very, and when it, it was um, also a really, this is a weird thing, also a really good, I want to say description of 
uh, humid summer like <laughs> feeling. Super hot. Yes. We're like, yes, the fic has hot moments, but the entire feeling of the fic is like humid. Yes. Um, Scott doesn't have a very good working air conditioner. Right. According to Yes. <laughs> so it's barely worth the name. Yeah. So like it, it, they talk about like they talk about it just being hot and sticky and like the fit kind of feels like that in a good way like it feels very um almost kind of heavy but in a, mm-hmm. again like you're i don't know if i'm even explaining it this right way but like they talk about the humidity and they talk about the heat and it's a summer fic and it just it feels very much is a very good sense of place i guess um yeah yeah i felt like i needed to turn the air on while i was reading it <laughs> Because I was like, it's only 71 degrees here. I should not be this, like, damp. Yeah. Yeah, but, get a glass of ice. But, yeah, but, you know, summer in the Bay Area is, I'm assuming, probably close to summer in western Pennsylvania, which is just pure muggy, gross humidity and heat. Very gross. Muggy and buggy. Ew. See, why don't you want to move back? Those words. <laughs> right there. Sorry, I was laughing at my pun that I but also, yeah, move back, Em. I'm here. Say that's why I don't want to move back. <laughs> What's half the weather like? Muggy and buggy. Mm, I think I'll pass. No thanks. No thanks. Um, but yeah, so this one, it's like I said, it's it's um, it's a really sweet look at Scott through Hope's mm-hmm. eyes, which it turns out then to be a very sweet look at Hope. Um, and how she, you know, kind of grew up as a character and how she changed after the first movie into who we see her as in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Still, still fierce, but a little soft. Yeah. So, and what was your favorite part uh, about this fic? Um, Aside from, like, the way that they were able to bring the uh, scene together, the place together for you. Um, honestly, I would say the moment where... Scott was getting up to go pick up Cassie mm-hmm. and Hope was like, oh, okay, I'll be out of here by the time you get back. And he was like, oh, you don't have to go. I've told her all about you. And he says oh, it like, he says it like really casually, like, oh, it's no big deal. And she's just like, oh, okay. Yeah. And then he's like, Super yeah, he's like, I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to stay, but it's not a big deal if you do. That's all I'm saying. And she's like, oh, okay, I guess I'll, I'll stay then. And it's this like very cute little moment of vulnerability, like for both of them, I think. Um, that yeah, that moment where you accidentally admit to somebody how much they mean to you. <laughs> like, oh, I kind of really like. You. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, please. <laughs> um, yeah, that part, like, oh my gosh, my heart just kind of stopped for a second. Oh. It's like. He wants her to stay. Yeah. But, like, you don't have to stay. Like, don't feel obligated. Yeah. But I really could like if he did. Yeah, he wants her to stay, but he wants her to be comfortable, too. Which I think is just like, oh, Scott. Mm-hmm. You're such a dreamboat. He is such a dreamboat. I think the main takeaway here is that while Marvel may disappoint professionally, neither Paul <laughs> Rudd nor Ant-Man ever do. Amen. I think we can say that. I think right now with all of the information and knowledge that we have, now I reserve the right. There's still a third Ant-Man. 
Yeah. There's plenty of time. There's plenty of time for me to take this back. But right now, with everything that we have at our disposal, I think I can say that with a straight face. They have never disappointed yeah. me. I fingers crossed when Ant-Man 3 releases, hopefully it releases when it says it's going to, um, that it doesn't disappoint because I've enjoyed uh, the movies so far. You know, I don't, I don't want this last one to kind of just be a flop. I don't think it will be. No. Um, but yeah, I just, he's one of those, you know, attainable heroes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did want to mention the thing actually I love the most about him. Um, and, and you being a lost fan, you'll understand this reference too, is that he's kind of like Hurley. Oh, I knew in you were going to say that. <laughs> in the sense that he's kind of like the voice of the audience. Like yes. he's the only character that they ever explore with, especially in the first one, um, what it's like to live in this world if you're just mm-hmm. an average person. Yeah. So like Absolutely. the second that shit starts going crazy, he's like, I think our first plan should be to call the Avengers. Yeah. Because he is such a like he's just a normal person until, you know, Pim decides to give him the suit. Right. And kind of bring him into the Marvel universe. Um and, and then when he sees when he's at the Avengers complex and Sam that might be my favorite take of that entire movie is when he's on the roof and Sam touches down and he goes, it's the Falcon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He was kind of starstruck in that moment. which He's so excited, but he's so scared. (laughs) Yeah. Super relatable. Like I feel like any person in that situation would be super psyched, but also terrified and crapping themselves. Yeah. It was adorable. That's one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite things about Scott is how he never really even even when he's like, you know, working with them and part of the team, he kind mm-hmm. of never really loses that. That kind of starstruck thing. I mean, after everything that happens in Civil War, I mean, when he's telling Hope about it and he says Cap, and she's like Cap yeah. and he's like Cap Ten. America. His friends call him. I mean, he. I, we're not friends. I mean, I mean, just you know, people. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and it's so cute. Um, yeah, it is cool that, like I said, he does just kind of keep that personality the whole way through. And hopefully, in the third installment of the series, he will still have that enjoyable, down to earth, kind of a regular guy. But on the weekends, he throws because why not? I mean, I think we just really need him to maintain his his Paul readiness. Mm-hmm. And I think at the very, I, I think I can speak for you. I think you'll at least be happy no matter what. Oh, always. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're easy. You're easy to please. Yes, very much so. With them, uh, dad bod, average Joe guys. Love it. Mark Ruffalo looking at you. Speaking of, congrats on your Emmy win, Mark. Like they're, they're great, but they just seem very human. Right. I guess is what I, um, well, and, and, you know, I mean, and is easy to please. You give her like a man in his late forties. 
no. Well, yeah, now 50s. Early 50s, late 40s, early 50s. Um, and and she's, you know, who's probably divorced <laughs> with, <laughs> with a custody dispute. Seems like the kind of guy you could pick up in a Pennsylvania bar and Ange is there. I am here for it. <laughs> I mean, we all need a type, babe. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> you know, Paul Rudd, Mark Ruffalo. David Harbour. David Harbour, I'm here. Okay. I'm also very much um, off the market, but... I thought you were going to say, I'm very much available, and I was going to call your shit out. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, hold up. Even though, like, technically, I'd be getting married next weekend. Well, two weeks. you air this, I don't know, but... It'll be tomorrow. Be- yeah, it'll be, um, like, it would have been, like, two weeks that you were supposed to get married. Gotcha. Yeah. So in a year and two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right. Well, my love, um, we are, we are closing in on our, our one hour mark. I've got a pizza to make. Actually, I've got a couple pizzas to make and some breadsticks. Um, yeah, this is inspiration for you to come visit me once the Rona has passed is that I'll make you pizza. All right. Well, let's, uh, I'll that way then. I'll make you pizza and we can count each other's crow's feet. Oh, perfect. And gray hairs. Yes, I have a lot of those. Descend kind of descend into cronehood together, all right? Yep, I'm I'm with you, babe. I'm with you. All right, everybody else, um, I hope you enjoyed this look into our, our friendship, our epic friendship. It's a little, this is a little bit of a darker episode than it was last year. Oh. <laughs> We're in a darker oh, place, darker you know? Times. Yeah. Globally, <laughs> overall, <laughs> um, this is a darker time, so it's fine. The, the 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 episode reflects that. Um, but I love you, Angela, endlessly. I love everybody else who's listening, and I want you guys to have a wonderful week. And thanks for coming on my show. Thanks for sending me some Paul Rudd fanfic. Um, next time it's David Harbor, babe. You just wait. Wait. Okay. All right. <laughs> a year though like maybe before the holidays maybe i mean i got i got i got week after week of this shit to fill (laughs) (laughs) you just keep sending them to me we can do like a three-part series if you want okay all right i got all right everybody who's listening right now send me all of the uh fanfic you've acquired for any character that david harbour has ever played we'll just do it we'll just do a david harbour holiday spectacular Okay. Oh, that sounds perfect. Perfect. Now we have something planned for December. Something to look forward to. Thank God. All right. We all need it. it. In the meantime, have a wonderful week. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And above all else, as always, get your shit together. (laughs) 